What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. I want to share something super sweet. Somebody just texted me because we went to a friend's wedding recently in Georgia. And on their gift, I put these two keys that were on keychains and I used them to tie the handle. And in truth, the handle to these bags that I bought are ones that the end of the string on each handle always comes out for some reason anytime that I put somebody's gift inside of it. And so I used them not only because they were cute and I thought it was sweet for a wedding, but also because I thought it would help to secure the bag a little bit more. And he sends me a picture of that key ring that he put on his keychain. And he says that we also have the key to each other on the keys as well, meaning that he put one on his keys and she put the other one on hers. And then he says that there was a reason you brought them in and we figured it out. While everyone has access to us, we have complete and unrestricted access to each other. And I thought that was so, so sweet for mm-hmm. him to share. Um, I just wanted to share that, which has absolutely nothing to do with what today's episode is about. Today, we're going to talk about how energy plus task plus task <laughs> <laughs> equals fail or success. And I'm going to explain what that means. So just sit back, relax and enjoy today's content. There is somebody named Scott Adams, and he has nailed down the system and the process when it comes to task completion. And he wrote a book called How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. And why on earth would we want to do that? But the the meaning behind that title actually goes much, much deeper. And he focuses so intensely on systems and processes but he does, it in a way, he does it in a way that's not usually discussed. And what he does is he actually understands his energy level so highly throughout the day that he uses that energy and he aligns it with his work and his tasks throughout the day and throughout his schedule. And I can tell you for me personally, and I'll use myself as an example, that my energy levels are best, highest, and most creative between the hours of 3 a.m. and 11 a.m., which means that the end of my day is not when I want to share creative energy. It's not when I want to show up and be a good friend. It's not when I want to counsel people. It's not when I want to show up and coach people. It's not when I want to create content because if I try to do that, I am swimming against against the current. And because I know that about myself, I schedule everything of importance, everything of creative level from those hours, 3 a.m. to 11 a.m., and I will verbalize to people if this is another great example, I will get sent things throughout the day. And because I have my schedule time blocked, even if they sent it to me at 8 a.m., I may not see it until 12 or 1 p.m. And by the time I do, if it's something that is going to require focused energy on my part, something that I want to make sure I remember, something that I want to make sure that I come back to, something that I need to work off of, I will simply tell the person, hey, thank you so much for sending this to me. I want to make sure that I review it with a fresh mind. And my peak time is 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. So I'll be sure to check this out on tomorrow or Wednesday or whatever, whenever I feel like it's going to work into my schedule. And how much would you appreciate somebody saying that to you? 
And instead of me ignoring the person and then maybe coming back to it tomorrow or Wednesday and then telling them then, because I'm the type of person that doesn't like to be ignored. And I most certainly do not like to be dismissive of other people. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to disrupt my personal schedule and feel the need to respond on my cell phone in the moment. I, for the most part, throughout the day, don't even have my cell phone by me. And it's for that very reason. However, by being vocal about that and even more so understanding when my peak performance levels are, then I'm able to be able to adjust my schedule and then to work off of that schedule. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I, almost the complete opposite of that. I, <laughs> I have the problem with someone will text me, I'll read it, and I'm in the middle of something and I don't want to lose track of where I'm at. Instead of responding to them, just saying, hey, let me get back with you in a few. I read it and then I'll get, I tell myself I'll get back to him later and then I forget. And then I remember a day or two later and then I get back to him and I, and I feel bad over doing that. And that's where I, I need to adapt my own task management associated to that a little bit better and be more clear on what I need to accomplish within those conversations or, or the relevant topic. And that's a great example of our addiction to our devices because, and you're smirking at me, but I mean that in all honesty and coming from the heart, because if you weren't addicted to your phone in that way, you wouldn't feel the compulsive behavior to check that, check that text message and then to understand, like, I'm not going to respond to it right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you already know you're not going to respond to it when you open it. So what's the point of opening it? Apart from the, the fact that you have this compulsive need to, which a majority of Americans especially do, because that's that's the whole reason that these cell phones and these apps are created in the first place. And so one shift in, in activity, one shift in mindset and operation would be to, if you feel the need, okay, Sam text me, but that doesn't mean that you need to open up Sam's text because I will tell people all of the time that unless somebody is banging on my door at two o'clock in the morning, by the time that my shutoff on my cell phone happens, which is usually around six to 7 PM at night, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not answering my phone. I'm not checking voicemails or emails or text messages. I might see them come through if I'm still awake and my phone's by me for some reason, but I don't feel that compulsive desire to open it up right away because by doing that, then we're teaching other people that it's okay for them to disrupt our time. And the last thing that I want is somebody to text me at nine, 10 o'clock at night. And the reason for that is because I'm already asleep and nobody is going to be able to have access to me in my hours of slumber, unless somebody was banging on my front door. And that's the honest truth. And we give ourselves excuses about what if there was an emergency, right? That's usually that I have kids and whatever the thing is, that is an excuse that you're telling to yourself that most people tell to themselves in order for us to feel important, in order for us to feel needed. And that's a natural behavior. And so that is one suggestion that I would have is to, it's okay, like see that Sam text you, but don't open up Sam's text if you're not going to have, it's an irresponsible behavior to open up somebody's text message and then to not respond to them, in my personal opinion, because you take on the responsibility of having contacts and having a cell phone in general and 
then to lack the responsibility and even being able to respond to somebody who messaged you or called you or whatever the thing is, then it makes us irresponsible people to not put forth the effort to be able to reply back to them because it gives people a false Im- impression of you. And I can say that in all honesty of you because I've had pe- people reach out to me trying to reach out to you who tell me like, is Clint ignoring me? Or, you know, they start coming up with these stories that they start telling themselves based on your behavior or your lack thereof. Mm-hmm. No, and you're absolutely right. And that's something I have been trying to start addressing more is not worrying about a phone call or a text at that time. And, and if it's in that window where I'm trying to focus on something else and, and getting to it when I'm able to. And I, I was thinking of a million of excuses for myself as I'm, as you were talking through that. And, and you're absolutely right. It's, it doesn't have to happen right now. We just give those people the, that permission to continue to do it on their own time frame and not ours. And the coolest thing happens when we start to take ownership of that. And it is so rare for anybody to message or call me past about 5 or 6 p.m. at night. Very, very rare. And the reason for that is because I have groomed them to understand that I'm not going to reply to them. And in the next morning, I will even tell somebody, you know, hey, I was sleeping early like a grandmother last night when you text me. And guess what? They're going to know next time around not to do that again. That's Mm -hmm. my very nice nudge so Mm -hmm. that somebody doesn't do that again because now they know I go to bed earlier than most grandmothers do. (laughs) No, and and you're absolutely right. And I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Another cool thing, especially if you're getting text and it's not work related, would be to to tell somebody like, hey, I saw your text message yesterday. Sorry, I I work until 6 p.m. at night and that's why I didn't respond to you until now. You know, like yeah. we can be vocal with people and when we do that, then it grooms them so that we don't have that quote inconvenience the next time around. So I hope you've gotten some energy, uh, some energy. <laughs> I hope you've gotten, I do hope you've gotten some energy out of today's episode. Um, energy plus task equals fail or success. If you have gotten any value out of today's episode, please do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.